Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 17, Episode 12, Life After Polygamy. And I wasn't sure if this was specific to Cody's life after polygamy, because he's basically a monogamous man now, or if it was Christine's life after polygamy, or just the entire family as a whole. I, I wasn't sure where we were targeting this kind of episode title and, and who we were attributing this to. Right. It was actually cut down from realizing we've already been living life after polygamy. That was the original title. Oh, it must have been. Yeah. From the past couple of seasons, that's that's been the case. <laughs> Just a reminder to everyone out there that the sound quality may be a little different this week. We are far apart, unfortunately. Corey is traveling for work. So we're doing a remote setup. Yeah, this is interesting, right? We haven't really had to record the podcast like this because normally we're, we record in the same room but i was actually taking my sister wife's notes at the airport this morning which luckily i didn't get any weird looks for that but at least we're able to still record it and talk about it today here i hope no one secretly recorded you and put you on tiktok oh i don't know yeah i didn't catch anybody if that was the case but <laughs> <laughs> why don't you give us that tlc description which is just incredibly unexciting or what this episode actually was. All right. Yep. The TLC description for this one is Christine and Cody have a final battle about a snowblower on her way out the door to move to Utah. When Christine's house sale falls through, Cody wants Janelle to buy it, much to her dismay. I was very disappointed that the snowblower fight was not a battle between two divorcing people over an asset. That's what I thought this was going to be. 
oh yeah, like it seems like it should have been a, a snowblower custody battle. Right, right. Like we've forgotten all about custody of Truly and we've projected those feelings onto the snowblower. But yeah, that was just a very small part of this episode. There was some tea dropped. There was some good info from Janelle. And that really isn't what they put in the episode description. No, yeah. And it seemed kind of backwards too. Like it seemed like the snowblower was not really the main draw. And it, the second sentence seemed like it should have been the first sentence. That was kind of the bigger storyline set up there where the sale of Christine's house fell through. I think that that would be higher priority on the list than the snowblower. Yeah. So this one just, this one's perplexing us to say the least. But. Before we get into the episode here, obviously we're going to have to give this the old Carly episode rewrite for the description to get the real story here. Janelle checks the receipts for the family bank account. Cody tries to gaslight Janelle into buying Christine's house. Truly stays the night in the RV instead of the Shira Chateau. Mary gets out her checkbook. Poor Truly. Did she actually sleep in the RV or did they just sleep under the stars? And they made it sound like she was going to stay in the RV. I don't know what happened. I don't know if I zoned out. I was taking notes. But all of a sudden, Truly was just gone. And Cody was there. And I was like, what did I miss? When did that happen? Yeah, we weren't watching the same episode. Well, <laughs> did he just show up for the... No, he wasn't there when Truly was there. No, it was after she left. I think that was intentional. We'll talk about it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was going to say, I missed that too then. Before we jump into the episode, we have a few announcements this week. First and foremost, welcome to the world and the Sister Wives fandom, baby Ace Banks and baby Archer McCord. Ah, yes. So this is McKelty and Tony's twin babies who have made their arrival, which maybe we'll see by season 20, 25, 30. I'm sure they'll eventually get them on the show, but. Not anytime in the near future. So they've got a theme going with the A names. They've got Avalon, Ace, and Archer. Ah, so you think they're going to stick with that? How many kids do you think they're going to go for in total? I don't know. You can't fuck that up, though. Once you've already started it, you've got a pattern. Now you're committed to it. You got three kids with names starting with the letter A. I wonder if they even realized they just like the way that those all sound. (laughs) Archer McCord, you have to say, sounds like... Some type of comic book villain. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, superhero, um, <laughs> spy novel character, Tom Clancy. And then I can only assume that Baby Ace's middle name, Banks, was suggested by Robin. Her favorite place. The Banks. <laughs> Better than Brian McKenzie. That was a Father of the Bride joke. Because the family name in Father of the Bride is Banks. George Banks. George George Banks Banks. is saying no. (laughs) Trying to think of what else there was. I guess we could talk about Thanksgiving since we did see a little bit of what the family did. It looked like all of Janelle's kids plus Peyton minus Maddie spent the, the day at the father of the family. So I guess it's not Cody wasn't there from what we saw, but it. Dad was still there. There at Logan and Michelle's house. Uh, yes. And then our second father, Hunter, prepared the turkey for everyone. <laughs> A very Whoville moment. Yes. 
yeah, so I don't know. That's another holiday that Janelle is spending away from the family. I can only imagine what a lovely time it was in the Shira Chateau dining on Robin's dry ass turkey. I imagine Mary made more Rice Krispie treats again this year since that is an invitation she cannot pass up. It's the one time a year they let her through the gates of the Shira Chateau. Well, that's a, yeah, it's amazing to think that Mary's Rice Krispie turkey would somehow be more moist than Robin's turkey. <laughs> but I think that that's probably a possibility. And that's even more shocking because we know nothing is moist when it comes to Mary. <laughs> I was waiting for a joke there. Yes. All right, moving on. The next announcement, season nine. So we have recapped seasons one through nine so far. Currently, seasons one through eight can be listened to on our Patreon, patreon.com slash surviving pod. Season nine has been set to public still here on the feed you're listening to now. Starting December 11th, it too will be moving to Patreon. So if you want to go back and listen to that season, it's the buildup to the catfish reveal. That's going to be moving to Patreon and we'll live on there with the rest of our archives. What else was in that season? Was that the adoption storyline? You know, they're all blending together now. Well, it feels like season eight and season nine were all heavily related because I think eight was the divorce. And then that started Mary's divorce. I think you're right. Which then started the uh, adoption process. So the nine was mostly the adoption process and at least rounding out, finalizing some of that stuff. But then Catfish got thrown in at the end of it. But we didn't even know it was Catfish yet because it wasn't revealed until the end of season nine, beginning of season 10. Mm -hmm. And that's where we'll be picking up after the season ends is recapping season 10 of sister wives, which again is the catfish fallout. And I cannot wait for the Hawaii vacation. Yes. I have heard rumors about this episode to Hawaii. I need to witness it for myself and can't wait to put our input out into the universe for that one. All right. Should we pick up in the episode now? That didn't make any sense. Well, let's get this pony in the water. Let's get this pony in the water. Yeah, we'll go ahead and kick things <laughs> off. It is moving day for Christine. The offer on her house fell through. So that's unfortunate because we thought this was a done deal, but it's not. So she was really pushing for the move and getting out and getting to Utah as soon as possible. We had our awkward goodbye with the extended family last night. It was super weird. Yeah, man, we're really learning how bad Christine wanted to get out of Dodge because not only did she decide to move before they had even closed the deal on the house and she knew it was definitely sold. She also is moving into a rental sight unseen. She's never seen it. She had McKelty pick it out, really just seen some pictures and that's it. That's crazy to me because you're judging it off McKelty's opinion, <laughs> which could be hit or miss. I'm just saying. I was going to say, you know what? She did a pretty good job. She did. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that she did a bad job here because she did do a good job. It's just I feel like that was a risky maneuver, but also speaks to the level of desperation that Christine had <laughs> because she was ready to go anywhere. So McKelty, if you give it a thumbs up, I'm signing the lease and I don't care. So now they're in a situation where they're panic cleaning the house because 
they have to show it all over again. They thought they were done with that, that they had time to come back, pick up the rest of the stuff that they left in the house. Because even though they keep telling us this is moving day for Christine throughout this episode, it seems like there are multiple moving days. Yeah, there's been at least two or three probably at this point. (laughs) Now we have to cut to the true victim of the divorce, Robin. Right at the onset of the episode, she is crying about how Christine doesn't want a relationship with her or her kids. Right. Yes. The goodbye was awkward and horrible, according to Robin. And Christine doesn't want a relationship with her kids. She keeps leaving off the for now part, which was <laughs> she didn't very, hear that, part. that was very prominent in the conversation. Christine was abundantly clear about not needing a relationship with these people for now, for the time being, in the immediate future. But Robin keeps leaving that off. She just knows that Christine doesn't want anything to do with her. If she has to bump into her on exchanging truly for visits here as part of the custody agreement, you know, the 50-50 custody agreement that Cody's drafting up as we speak, if she has to bump into her, have any interaction with Christine, she's just going to stay out of her way. I mean, really, could you have stated that in a way that made you look less like the victim? Like, man, I'm just going to stay out of this bitch's way. She hates me. I'm just going to cower in the corner. I did nothing wrong. She hates me and my children. She 100% told those kids that, by the way, when we're talking about how awkward the goodbye was. Now we know for sure that she told those kids that Christine wanted nothing to do with them after that day. Maybe that should be a uh, TikTok that we'll have to make with some puddle of mud. <laughs> you remember that song? She fucking hates me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that has to happen. Just some clips of Robin and Cody victimizing themselves <laughs> and cutaways to Christine. Very confused. <laughs> <laughs> now the actual victim, truly. She's getting kind of nervous about starting over in a new, in a new place. But Christine is confident this is the right decision for her. And I think that I agree with Christine at this point. Christine was feeling guilty that she's leaving a few broken hearts behind, meaning Robin, her children, and Cody, who would never admit it. But let's be honest. Come on. It's the fact that she's bringing a broken heart along with her as well, too, in Truly, because she's very upset to be leaving. But I think once they get settled in, at this new place in Utah, I think she's going to warm up to it. I think it's something that she can get into. Yeah, I like that we got to see them later on in the episode tour the place, which apparently she, I know it was sight unseen for Christine, but I don't know if she even showed truly pictures because (laughs) she was so excited when she was running through there. But that was nice to see. Uh, She wasn't running the halls of the Shira Chateau yet. Maybe we'll see that in the future. I doubt it. I don't know because Robin was talking about how This divorce is going to have collateral damage that will last for generations. Yes, Robin knows a lot about generational trauma all of a sudden. So I don't know if we're going to be experiencing any joy, if truly we'll be capable of accepting (laughs) that emotion moving forward. (laughs) All right. Someone who has been traumatized online is Mary. Because what's happening now is people are starting to piece together what's going on. So if we're talking about like the actual timeline of what happened in the fall of 2021, Christine moves in early September. Everyone starts to figure out that Christine's now in Salt Lake City 
Everyone saw that she listed her house for sale. That was sus. But no one was really ready to commit to the fact that she actually had left the family. Then we figure out that she is living in Salt Lake City and people are like, okay, that's it. She has to have left, right? So what's happening is Mary is starting to get harassed on Instagram and Facebook because people want to know, why are you still with Cody, you dumbass, when Christine seems to have left? Which is the majority of, I mean, most of Mary's social media interactions uh, notwithstanding the recent retreat that she was peddling, uh, it seems to be related to why haven't you left Cody yet? And when do you plan to leave Cody? Right, I guess what was kind of ridiculous about this, and we've been following Mary's Instagram for a while now, what, like two years? We've been writing Mary's grams every month on the Patreon. These comments have been occurring for a long time. Pre-Christine leaving, every other comment you would read would be someone saying, Mary, why don't you leave Cody? He's a terrible human being. He doesn't like you. We watched the murder tarp anniversary. People know that this marriage is over and they've been saying it for a long time. But now it's like the pressure is on. It's hyped up more because people want Mary to be the next to go. So then Mary takes a whole defensive tact here where we all have value as wives as people without cody janelle has value christine has value robin has value i have value too as well so she has to kind of sell herself on this idea where it's not just her staying with a toxic man that doesn't make her a terrible person too by default please just Judge me as an individual, not on the basis of my ability to pick a partner. Is that a preview of the type of empowerment talks that you can expect at real life retreats? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I felt like that was not, that wasn't giving her best effort for now being someone who is trying to peddle empowerment to women for $6,000. Oh, I wouldn't be taking any relationship advice from Mary for anything. For any dollar amount. Now Janelle heads over. They already had the awkward goodbye last night, but she is swinging by with coffee for one last good goodbye. Right. <laughs> I guess. Well, yeah, Mary, Mary had to explain that everybody has value outside of their relationship with Cody, but Janelle has coffee. So that already puts her higher on the list. I think. <laughs> Again, Christine calls Janelle one of her best friends. She thanks her for everything that she's, you know, helped her with emotionally, also like, you know, physically with helping to pack and stuff throughout the divorce. And then we have to see Janelle walk outside and the crew is asking her questions about Christine leaving. And it's it's getting real now because Christine is literally about to close the front door of this place and get out of here. So Janelle starts crying. It was actually a really emotional moment. It made me tear up a bit. Yeah, it's always rough when Janelle cries because it takes quite a bit to kind of get her emotional gears going. Uh, and this was a big enough reason for her to be upset. I feel like the way I reacted to Janelle crying is what Robin thinks she's doing to the audience every time she cries. Yeah, she seems to be lightening up now. I think she knows that we're all on to her as far as the manipulation tactics but it still just happens i think when she gets overwhelmed 
Now, Janelle says something interesting when she's outside and she's crying. She says, it's not the end. It's the end of a chapter. The end of a book, maybe. And that is where I had a little glimmer of hope. My eyes lit up and I thought, is that book the end of Janelle and Cody's marriage too? Because I really, 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 really hope so. Because I want to read that book. Well, I think it was more on the lines of it was polygamy as a whole, right? Because I mean... Christine's been doing this for 27 years or so, give or take. So they're still supposed to be living polygamy. You mean, you mean it's the end of the book of Christine's life living polygamy? Right. I thought Janelle was talking more to it's the end of, it's the end of a book related to their family. Yes. Yeah. Like that portion of their family with Christine as kind of like the head matron of the family, at least for family gatherings and holidays and things like that too, where she was the main driving force for a lot of that. She was the glue that kept all of those family relationships together because everybody loves Christine. Corey, I don't know what you've been watching because as we know, Christine never tried to have good relationships with these people. Right. According to Cody, who's our unreliable narrator this season. (laughs) I just thought this was also probably a little bit of a breakdown on Janelle's part because she realized she also has no place to do laundry now. Oh, that is. I forgot she was doing her laundry at Christine's house. So that's got to be an awakening moment as well, too, because we know she's already looking for her escape route for the winter because she's not going to make it out there on Coyote Pass on her own. So she's going to have to go into town. But this is just all the more reason where... Man, if there's no place to do laundry either now within a mile, five minutes down the road, where I can hang out with Christine and talk about stuff while doing my laundry, forget it. I'll just go rent a place in town. (laughs) Between that and realizing that you are now trapped with Cody, Robin, and Mary, that would be enough to make anyone cry. Yes. Oh, yeah. You, You are definitely on your own now. Finally, Christine packs up the whole crew. She's got some of the kids with her and she starts to cry. She's excited. So she starts to shift from feelings of, I guess, sadness as she leaves the house. Maybe she has the same affliction that I do, which is where you just get automatically sad and cry when you see an empty, an empty house or an empty apartment. Maybe, yeah. And it was, I I thought it was funny too, where, yeah, Janelle was hugging and toasting uh, to new beginnings and it's not goodbye. It's see you later. And Christine's like, yeah, I'm going to see you next week. I don't know why we're like, this is, it's a big thing. Yeah. But it's just, it's more of the symbolic departure here because I'm still going to be around and we're still going to see each other all the time. Yeah, but I know we've talked about this a lot where like now Janelle doesn't have Christine backing her up in family meetings and vice versa. I think that's really going to be a problem. And Janelle is already starting to anticipate that. So Christine's leaving and now we cut to Cody on the couch who says what he really wanted to say was, I loved you. Why did you betray me? Which I think is like the same thing he said to Mary. Yeah, again, he's just mixing up the the wife that this is supposed to be allocated to. It's a lot of this could be attributed to his relationship with Mary, but he keeps pinning it on the relationship and attaching it to his relationship with Christine. So it's very bizarre where he keeps moving this around. It was also weird because 
now you loved her? Because didn't we just watch him say that he never loved Christine a few episodes ago? That was my other one. Was <laughs> the the immediate follow up note was he can't say that because he loved her past tense when he told us, yeah, an episode ago, two episodes ago, that he never loved her. So then why would you want to tell her that you loved her? That seems out of place. It's a guilt trip to make her feel bad. And then also you betrayed her by taking a favorite wife. That was her whole issue with you. There was no equality among the wives. That's not what she agreed to. So weren't you the one to issue the first betrayal? Not by his standards, probably. I'm sure if you asked him directly, maybe in the tell-all. Of course, he has no accountability. He did nothing wrong. So now we get a flashback montage of all the big moments in Christine's life over the years as they close this book and she moves on from the family. Yeah, we were going all the way back to the house in Lehigh. Way, way back. We were the birth of Truly. We saw a whole bunch of different stuff. I can only assume that they had to add that in as a time filler because they apparently moved successfully to Utah with zero flats because Cody wasn't involved in this move. <laughs> yeah, they had more more airtime to play with there. But we also had the benefit of seeing Aspen here because once they get to Utah and they are beginning to unpack or getting ready to unpack, but before they do that, they're going to do a walkthrough of the new place because, again, Christine hasn't seen it. Apparently, truly hasn't seen it either. So we got to do a run through. We got to do a tour of the place before we start loading boxes in. And then that's where that's where McKelty and Aspen get to talk some shit out in the garage while Christine and truly go look at the apartment. Yeah, they're talking about how they're nervous that the family's going to change. Then Aspen adds, well, it already has changed. So, yep. That's true. It changed a long time ago when Robin joined this family. And then we see them running through the house. I really liked that Christine pointed out that Truly has not one but two sinks in this place since she still, from my count, has zero beds at Robin's house. Is that one of the things that you need to have on the list of things to provide for a child? Is one yeah. bed, one bed, two sinks? One bed, two sinks. <laughs> <laughs> is that on Truly's list now? I guess that is moving forward. So this is all big change, big new stuff. Christine has her room. It's her room, not her and Cody's, not her and anybody else's. It's her room. And she's going to get a queen size bed for our queen to reign in Utah. And our freaky bitch will do whatever she damn well pleases in that room. Rightfully so. Back in Flagstaff, it's just another day in paradise for Janelle, who now needs to steal water from Christine's back tap of her house in order to survive in the RV. That's basically what's going on. Yeah, is she's stealing water because this house is under contract, if not sold, right? Well, I guess Christine would have to be responsible for the water bill through a certain date. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Hopefully it includes this water. Well, I hope so. I certainly hope so. Uh, because yes, she's filling up at Christine's backyard there to, she's still bailing her water by hand, living on Coyote Pass. But then we find out that the offer didn't go through. So yeah, I guess the bills are still in Christine's name, but this is where Cody just happened to be driving by, even though again, an episode ago, two episodes ago, he was talking about how he never wants to drive by this house again. He never wants to see this place ever again. Because it's too heartbreaking for him. Well, he didn't say that, but he meant that because he's 
so angry because that's the only emotion he's able to show as a man. He's just doing his daily drive by the house, I yeah, guess. His steaming drive by that he gets <laughs> to do. Um, and he just happened to see that Janelle and Savannah were stealing water from Christine's backyard. So he thought he'd pop in. Did you like that he conveniently waited until they had lugged all of the water jugs to the back of the house? Yeah, he was like, oh, I, I saw you heading to the back uh, and I decided to swing around and uh, stop by just because it was one last thing that I was going to have to help with. <laughs> well, the real reason Cody stopped was to propose that they buy Christine's house now that the offer has fallen through on it. I like also that he thought that he had the info before Janelle had the info about the offer falling through. <laughs> He thought that was going to be news to her. And she was like, yeah, I, I know already. Yeah, Christine know. told me. <laughs> I was here yesterday. So Yeah, I was here getting water yesterday, too, because it doesn't last. And there is no water hookup on the land. So <laughs> I'm here every day now. Thank you. But uh, Cody is trying to explain to Janelle, look, we can have the same plan like what we're doing with Robin's house. Her awesome million dollar home in the Shira Chateau. We bought that because then once we do build, we'll be able to rent that out. Easy peasy. Nothing to it. We'll be able to be landlords. That's horrifying, first of all, to think about Cody and Robin being your landlords. But the thing that's even more ridiculous about this plan is he's trying to convince her it's a good idea for them to buy this house for a second time but for more than $200,000 above what they bought it the first time? I, yeah, I don't understand how that's a good financial move at all. <laughs> because the apparently the Brown family motto, I don't know why it took them so long to write up a family mission statement when their mission statement can basically be buy high, sell low. <laughs> and in this case... They would be able to do both, I guess. So they would really get a kick out of that. And so Cody's pushing for that. The thing that also doesn't make any sense about this is Christine offered to let them rent this house from her months ago. If Janelle needed a place to stay, she could stay in this house. But now they've gotten too far down the road of her trying to sell the house so she has some money to walk away with. And now Cody wants to buy it. It's just, again, the house that he hates or he hates Christine so much. He said he never wanted to drive by it again. Now he wants to own it again. Now he's driving by it to tell Janelle they should buy it. Needless to say, Janelle is not into this idea. She wants to build her house on Coyote Pass as soon as possible. And she cannot afford to buy both this house and start building on the property. Because the other kicker here is that they would have to rent it. If they were going to have a way to rent this out, they would have to rent it for two years to have it not count on their debt to income ratio for financing of building on Coyote Pass. So that's what Janelle keeps trying to explain to Cody. I've already talked to our real estate agent friend in town, and they've assured me that this is going to be tough because I wouldn't be able to buy a house and finance to build. So I have to pick one or the other right now. She knows this man so well <laughs> that she called the mortgage broker before he could tell her some story about how they have a friend who did this, and it's not true. 
were accurate. So she got the real info and he's just staring into space. Like none of this makes sense to him. The man again, who said that they didn't have enough money to pay off the lots now thinks that they have enough money to buy Christine's house, pay off the lots and start building. And Janelle's starting to worry. She's questioning because she's out on Coyote Pass every day, sitting alone in an RV that is sinking into a mud hole. It's not (laughs) staying level. And she's bailing her water by hand. There's no electricity. She's alone. It's her and Savannah out there trying to figure out what the hell are we doing here? Because apparently nobody else in the family has any interest in building on Coyote Pass. Janelle is getting suspicious, a little suspicious at this point. (laughs) Did you catch where Cody blamed the whole thing on the RV? That if she didn't buy this RV, she could afford the mortgage payment. And I'm like, again, you're not understanding the issue. The point is not that she can't afford the mortgage payment on this house. The point is that she can't get financing. She can't get a construction loan because this is counted against her as debt if she buys this house. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean, she tried to explain it the best ways that she could. And Janelle was getting heated. And I thought it was interesting where she was having this level of a conversation with Cody in front of Savannah in the backyard here, too. I thought that was a little out of the ordinary. It it seemed like it was. And Savannah really was just trying to like shrink herself down like she wasn't there. You could tell she was uncomfortable and probably has no idea like who is in the right in this in this argument because it's about finances, um, which Cody clearly doesn't understand. And Janelle has been busy reading the receipts. So she she knows what's going on here. Oh, yeah. Janelle has seen the money leave the family account. So she knows where the prioritization is because people don't care about getting out onto Coyote Pass or paying off the land or getting things situated for construction because Cody is a real estate genius, though. He just knows that if you buy a house, it's an asset then. But he doesn't understand there's a debt to income ratio if you're trying to do other financing as well. So Janelle's really trying her best to explain this to him the best way that he can understand, but he's still really struggling with that concept. I thought that it was an interesting tidbit that the down payment for this house would almost pay off the land because that gives us an idea of like the range of what we're talking. So somewhere, let's say they're going to put 20% down, a traditional amount that would be required for a mortgage. That's like $140,000, So now we kind of have an idea of how much money they need to pay off the land before they can even start building there. And this is where Janelle's starting to suspect as well, too. I think Cody's just trying to use my buying power here because he just wants me to buy this house when I'm trying to build my own house. Janelle wants her own house. She doesn't have that. She bought the RV because she was trying a temporary fix so that she could build her own house that she wants. Did you skip over like the piping hot tea that she gave us about how she gets the tax paperwork? Oh yeah. She, and how she has watched the, the money leave the family account in various reasons. Yep. She says there was money spent on other things that could have paid off the land. Easily. I wish, I wish they would have cut to Robin's house with Cody's two pickup trucks, the RV outside, 
like 18 gumball machines, all the little figurines that line every inch of windowsill space in that house. (laughs) Well, yeah, because I thought it was very interesting that from Janelle's confessional where she was talking about how she's seen the money leave the family account for various other frivolous things that didn't need to happen that could have paid off the land in full. And then we cut immediately to Robin, who somehow also knows for a fact that they're not in a position to pay off the land at this time. Mm -hmm. Robin, who has never been employed a day since she joined this family. And probably has never paid a bill. (laughs) Right. It's talking about how they always work together on finances and she knows about the situation they're in. They can't pay off the land yet. And then she has the nerve to act like she's frustrated by that. You know what I have to say to that? Get a job. Get on Cameo and make people videos for 50 bucks a pop at the very least. That is the least you could do to try to put money back in the bank account so that you could pay off the land if it mattered to you that much. That's what Mary's doing because Mary remembers when the family used to all work together on finances. Guess that's not the case anymore, apparently. I know we're getting all kinds of little tidbits here that I really enjoyed. Yeah, this was some good info here because Janelle's whole point, again, she wants to build. That's the goal. And that's what she's been set out to do. So it doesn't seem like the family's in alignment with that because nobody else is trying to get there with her. So she feels like she's on her own. And Cody's just trying to steamroller into buying Christine's house because that's what he wants to do because that'll be easier. And it will keep everybody off the land, I guess. I don't know what the deal is here. Janelle doesn't even know where she's at in this equation anymore because she thought that they were working towards this shared goal of getting everybody out on the land. And she's coming to terms with the the fact now that it doesn't seem like that's the case. No, it's definitely not the case. Cody's got something up his sleeve. I don't know if it's that he just wants to leave the property as is and sell it and just avoid the whole headache of ever building on it because it's much harder than he thought it was going to be. Or if he really just wants to build on all those lots and make them income properties. I think, yeah, he's dreaming of being a slumlord. (laughs) That's his goal in some capacity. Did you also catch that Mary mentioned that they took her money, her profits from her Vegas house to help Robin buy her house in Flagstaff? It seemed like a lot of people's money went to Robin's <laughs> down payment because is- Christine's house, her house selling in Vegas, that was also allocated to Robin's down payment. That was confirmed a couple episodes ago, too. Yes. And I feel like Janelle may have said something about that at some point, too, that part of her profits went towards it. I could be making that up. But it seems like everyone's Vegas house money went towards buying the Shira Chateau. Right. Because Cody deemed this as stupid not to buy because you're going to buy a house and it immediately has value. Because then once we build on the land, then we can rent this house too. It's the best of both worlds. You have an asset now. Right. And he leaves us with one last inspirational quote before he walks away, which is where there's a way, there's a will. (laughs) Right. I don't know. He has a real talent for continually fucking up phrases (laughs) and idioms. 
He never gets it right. Yeah. And the main takeaway that he has for this one is Janelle's going to do what she wants because she always has. So that's going to set up our conversations, our confrontation for next episode that we see in the preview. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now we fast forward a little bit and Christine and Truly are back in town because her house has a new buyer, which what a relief for Janelle. <laughs> she doesn't have to worry about this anymore. and. She has to come back to clear out the last of her stuff that they left in the house. So Truly is going to stay with Janelle and Savannah in the RV. Janelle is more excited about the sleepover than Savannah is. And it's very clear. <laughs> than anybody, I think. Yeah, Janelle is the most excited out of anybody who is going to be participating in the sleepover here. And I think another reason maybe Christine is doing this is to help truly gain a little bit of perspective, gain some appreciation for this new place that they're moving to in Utah. You're a little <laughs> unsure about moving to this new, awesome, dope-ass place that McKelty found for us? Go ahead and spend a night out in the RV and see what your living situation could be like if you were still in Flagstaff, because some people are uh, roughing it out here. Pick whichever dog bed you want. In Aurora's yeah, words. Apparently. Yeah, maybe that's why they have an RV at Robin's house. It's for the dogs. And so that's why Aurora immediately asked if that space was for the dogs. Robin doesn't have any pets, which, by the way, did you see the TikTok where they slowed down footage from it? I think it was season one where, you know, Mary's old dog. What was his name? It was um, it was Drake. Drake. <laughs> God's, God's plan, Drake. <laughs> Drake started running towards Robin and she kicked him out of the way. Excuse me? You, I'm going to have to send it to you. It's yeah. insane. You're gonna that woman does not like dogs. Animals. Remember she said she didn't like animals when they went to the zoo? Yeah, because animals sense evil. Exactly. That's what I was just about to say. Come on. Yeah. It's a very apparent. So let's hope there are no animals at her house. When you initially mentioned a TikTok and slowing down of stuff, and we were talking about Aurora specifically, I thought you were talking about when they found footage of her eating her boogers when they were building the uh, cardboard <laughs> regatta. But that was different. That was a different TikTok, different clip. <laughs> there are just so many out there to entertain yourself for hours with. There's a lot. Well, so truly staying in the RV, I guess she didn't get an invite to the chateau. Yeah, that still waiting for that room to be prepared, I suppose. <laughs> what? Like, what a dick. You don't have a pullout couch that you could just set a bed up on? Yeah, there's no pullout going on at, uh, at the <laughs> chateau. Any kind of pullout. None. <laughs> whatsoever. 
All right. Speaking of adult level conversations, <laughs> that is something that Janelle loves about Truly. They can talk about grown up things together. And I have to say, I am really here for watching Janelle and Christine co-parent Truly. Yeah, that'd be a good time. Um, I did get a little freaked out when Janelle started mentioning her stargazing abilities and interest level there, uh, but then referring to the stars as her star babies. I thought that was a little strange, though. I mean, it's not the strangest thing we've heard on this show. I'm not going to knock it. Yeah, it's not a spirit baby, so. <laughs> the plan that they... Ha- we know that they're admirers of planets, Corey. Gotta get the uh, telescope. And uh, it's basically the joys of living on Coyote Pass. It's like you're camping every night. <laughs> and tonight, the plan is to cook out and then maybe do some stargazing. Right. So we find out that Truly likes burnt marshmallows, like burnt to a crisp on the outside for her s'mores. <laughs> Chanel was like worried that she <laughs> fucked that marshmallow up. And Truly was like, no, I did this on purpose, girl. That was the goal. Yeah, this is how I've intended this to, to happen. So Janelle has them making s'mores. She bought the sugariest of sugary cereal that she could at the grocery store for the next morning. She's trying to make this fun, I guess, or give Truly diabetes because she really wants her to come back again. Janelle's trying to convince Truly and then again, also herself, that it's great out here. This is such a good time. And look at how much fun we are having. Truly's take on it, though. It was fun overall, but at the same time, kind of bittersweet because then she also realized while she was out there, I'm not going to see Janelle and Savannah again for maybe another month, a couple of weeks at at a minimum. So she kind of realized in that moment as well, too, while it was fun, it's kind of sad. Yeah, that sucks. And it's also sad for Janelle because she realizes that if she doesn't make this fun for Truly, she knows there's no room at the Shira Chateau. She knows Robin and Cody are not going to hold up their end of the bargain that if it's up to them, truly is never coming back here to visit. So she's trying to make her place, which all she has to offer right now is the RV, like be appealing so that truly will want to come back and visit. I think that's really the reality of what's going on here. So we're back at Christine's house because 20 days ago on one of those moving out days, the buyer fell through because of some electrical problems. So they're getting the electrical problems fixed that they weren't aware of, clearing out the rest of the space. Apparently Robin and her kids drove by the house to honk and wave at Christine as she was packing up again and departing. Just just, staying out of the way. It's staying out of the way, but still lingering in the back, reminding you that I'm still here. Robin probably went home and cried and was like, Cody, she didn't call me and ask me to turn the van around. Yeah, she didn't run out into the street and (laughs) beg me to come inside. (laughs) Obviously, Christine's still spending time with Janelle. Their relationship is changing now that they've removed the sister wife label, which is for the best, I guess you could say. And then Janelle throws some shade because she says of all the sister wives... The real sister wives who are married to Cody, which, lol. Christine was really the heart of the relationship. Well, she just means Robin at this point, then, because Mary's not, by Cody's definition, they're not married anymore, so. (laughs) Right. 
And then she goes on to basically remind us that she and Mary essentially hate each other and will to the day that they die. And then vaguely says there are problems with Robin, which I want to know more about. Yeah, we're going to need some more details on that one for sure. But I thought it was interesting where then Christine's take as well, too, is that she hadn't spoken with Robin or Mary since their last discussion where Cody blew up at her on her back porch and stormed off. Uh, so they haven't really had any other conversation. They did the weird goodbye gathering, but Mary wasn't even at that. But there's been no other conversation or follow up. They're not seeking each other out. But that's kind of how Christine had set that up. That was where she was comfortable with leaving the relationship for now. I don't know that she's complaining about that necessarily. I think it just it just shows that she doesn't expect that things will change. Even though she said, you know, maybe in the future, just give me some space for now. I think she thinks that space is going to last forever. Yeah, I think that was the the point, yeah, that she was making was it's I'm going to maintain the relationships that I have because those are the relationships that mean something to me. So obviously the only reason that we had a relationship, Mary and Robin and Christine, was because they were forced into this as sister wives. And now they don't have that bond anymore. So there's really no need to continue that. It's a new day and truly has left. So that means it's safe for Cody to stop by the RV after he finishes some yard work around Robin's house, because that's the only way Cinderella gets to leave the property. Yeah, he's got to stay up on his chores there. He's hauling logs from Robin's house to peel One. and dry. One Why? single log. One Again, log. What does this man do all day? Is this what he does? He's going. He's going over to Janelle's to sweep more stuff under the rug in their <laughs> marriage. Janelle was all excited to invite him here today because she has blueprints of the house that she wants to build on Coyote Pass ready to show Cody. Carly, what did you think of these supposed blueprints? In terms of what the house looked like? <laughs> I thought that the the renderings themselves we're pretty lame. Like we could have done better if we built the house in the Sims <laughs> and then printed that out instead. Well, I think she was trying to clearly do this the cheapest way possible. As far as like building the house on top of the garage, she wants a teeny house. So it just wasn't all that exciting. You know, Chanel, she was like, nah, the architect keeps throwing out ideas of how to make this house look more interesting. And she was like, how much is that going to cost me? And he's like, it's going to cost more money. And she says, forget it. Do the least expensive thing and the fastest thing you could possibly build. And that is how we ended up with this box. Do less. Smaller. <laughs> Make it more casita-like. It's only 1,200 square feet, which, I mean, that's a pretty good size house for one person. Because let's be real, it's just going to be Janelle once Savannah leaves in a couple of years. Right. So it's basically a two-bedroom layout. And then there's a big great room that she has with a nice open concept and the struggle that she's having right now is she's trying to pick a spot so she's trying to build on her lot which means the way that they're split out right now she has it positioned where her assigned lot is pretty much the same spot as where she would want the house to be so it would still land on her lot it's just it's going to be slightly varied once they redraw the lines 
So she wants to keep it in that same spot so she can start building before they pay stuff off. But Cody is immediately going against that. He's like, no, no, no. We have to pay this off first, redraw the lines, and then we can build. Right. He's slowing this process down. He's got to get it made into, he's got to do the subdivision before they could start building anything, which is not going to happen in time for Janelle to build this house when she needs it. No. Yeah, because they're not building until I like how he had to explain this to Janelle and had a tough time. He caught himself in the conversation where he was saying we have to speak to the rest of the family, meaning Mary and Robin, because Christine's not in the family anymore. So it was kind of a weird thing where he had to specify who the rest of the family was. And he almost kind of forgot as well, too, that the rest of the family used to be this larger amount of people that we had to bring in as a committee to make this decision. And now it's basically just Mary and Robin. And honestly, it's pretty much just Robin. Mary's just the checkbook. I was going to say, though, Robin liked to hide in the committee. She would wait till everyone else voted before she would reveal what she thought. And she's not going to be able to do that anymore. It's going to be interesting because then Cody also surprises Janelle where he's still trying to keep five lots because if we split it up into five lots, that increases the value of the property by 20%. But remember, these are Cody's numbers, so don't trust that. I don't know what he's basing that off of. (laughs) I would not believe that by any means. Please don't. Yeah, take that to the bank at all. Plus, isn't building another house going to cost you a lot of money? Yes. Let's remember these houses have no utilities running to them. There's nothing on the property. (laughs) It's going to cost a lot of money to build five houses. Plus, we know they're going to have to buy a bigger cistern already because that's not enough water for all of these lots. No, they'll leave it and then people will continually run out of water. The renters. He'll just send them up to Christine's old house. And go ahead and and crack on the hose out the back. Just don't (laughs) let them see you. You have to go up there at nighttime. (laughs) Janelle is finally starting to catch on. Like, oh, okay. So Cody is just taking out everything that's happened this summer on me. Everything's my fault. All these problems are my problems. And he doesn't want to do this. It's becoming pretty obvious. Just everything she offers. She's really trying to, to make this work. And he is putting up barriers in every direction she looks. Which is why she's asking, is anybody else planning on building here? Is this coming soon? Are we building soon? And Cody doesn't seem to have an answer on that because whenever he talks to Mary about building on the property, she seems kind of wishy-washy. Can't really get a straight answer out of her, which that doesn't sound like Mary. Not the Mary (laughs) that we know, right? Well, we cut to Mary and she's pretty dead set on doing it. So I don't know when the last time he spoke with her was, but she has intentionally been renting a house so that she's not tying up many funds because she wants to get onto the property. She's finally happy with the lot that was given to her and she wants to live out there. Well, and we had all the drama, don't we know it, of to be in the trees or not in the trees. Dear God. And we know that Cody's just excited for Mary's money to show up to this party. So I smell a family conversation brewing here. Yes, because Janelle keeps saying we need to talk with everyone about the lots. And Cody just is not responding. He's saying nothing. And then we find out on the couch why that is. 
And he tells us he's not going to break his back for her when she doesn't respect him. Men don't love women who don't respect them, which I can only assume is something he read in the Manosphere. (laughs) I'm assuming that Cody is, he's attributing his disrespect that he's feeling from Janelle to the entire COVID situation. So by his stance, when he's talking about respect and being disrespected by Janelle, what he's really meaning is obedience and loyalty. So he expects Janelle to obey him no matter what. And that's not what was happening. So he's upset by that. And so now he's taking it out on Janelle because for a while there, he didn't have any way to punish Janelle because normally like where Christine would make her complaints about him not spending enough time with her and her kids He's always at Robin's. That was a big thing. Time was a big factor for Christine. So how did Cody respond to that? He didn't go over at all. He wasn't spending time. He was checked out. He wasn't invested. Janelle doesn't seem to mind as much. She kind of expects that from Cody. That's just his base level, and she knows that. So that doesn't really bother Janelle if he's at Robin's all the time and he's not engaged with her when he comes over to her RV. What he's hitting her with now is that she wants to build on Coyote Pass and he's just putting up all the roadblocks. No, we can't build right now because we have to subdivide. We have to pay off the land first in full to get the subdivision so that way we can start building. Yep, I absolutely agree with that. She, Her biggest mistake was wanting this too badly because it gave him the signal of, oh, Okay, this is something that I can take away from her that's going to hurt her. So I can punish Janelle for all of the stuff during COVID and for not supporting me and picking Christine's side in the divorce. And that's what we're going to see play out here. He doesn't care about the land. That's what I think. It's just all about punishing Janelle. Right. And the whole thing about being disrespected how Janelle struggles to respect him and men don't feel love unless they're being respected or worshipped essentially by his definition. Do his wives feel love without being respected? (laughs) I I don't think that matters to him. Yeah. I think it would be, he would say that that's not his job to respect his wives. That's their calling is to obey the husband. But I think that it's a fair question at this point that Cody should be asking himself is if he's being disrespectful by favoring one wife over all of the other wives, then why would they be respectful to you? It's just amazing how little time it took Cody to set his sights on Janelle as the next one that he's going to abuse in this way. Well, it can't be Mary because she basically doesn't exist. outside of a. It could be if he wanted to rein her back in, she'd be coming around. He could treat her like shit again. She's just the money bags. So he wants to keep her appeased because we have to we have to be ready to sign those checks. Yeah, I'm assuming that's when he'll start having sleepovers at Mary's house again when it's time to get that checkbook out. Yeah, he's going to be like in the producers. He's going to have to go over to Hold Me Touch Me's house. <laughs> Christine is still packing up this house. This is supposedly the last of it, but... There's been a lot of the last of it. How many times have they told us it's moving day? It's moving day. It's the last time I'm in this house. It's like, 
make it stop. For some reason, Christine has called Cody of all people to help her put the snowblower in her trailer. It's too heavy for her to move, so she needs someone to help her. I would have waited for anyone but Cody to be available to do this. There were so many other people you could have called. You could have hired movers, Christine. She should have hired movers. I think that's the lesson of all of this. You could have gone on Craigslist because now Cody is coming over. He's arguing and mansplaining about trailer weight dispersal, which, again, I would not take anything that Cody says as gospel truth when it comes to this because we've seen how many flats this dude has been associated with as part of moving. Isn't he correct, though? I'm assuming yes, but (laughs) at the same time... I don't trust it. The issue is she wants him to just put the snowblower in the trailer first, which means it would be at the very front. She wants him to do that so he could just get the fuck out of here because she wants to spend as little time with him as humanly possible. He's arguing that all of the boxes and everything should go in first and then the snowblower should be put in the trailer last for the weight disbursement. So that's what Christine is trying to do the reverse psychology thing here. To say, boy, it would take a long time, though, to get all of those boxes loaded in before we put the snowblower on. So maybe we could just do the snowblower and then you can leave. (laughs) Because then you're volunteering to help us with all of this stuff. I don't think we'll need to do all of this stuff. I think that's going to be too much. So maybe just do the snowblower and then get the hell out of here. He is not picking up on any of these social cues at all. (laughs) Why don't you just say, like, could you come back in, like, two hours? Yeah. And put the snowblower on? Yeah, give me 30 minutes. Uh, (laughs) Just loop around. Go swing by Janelle's RV. Probably have to level it again. So just run over there really quick and then come back to throw the snowblower on the back here. This is just a stupid fight. Basically, she doesn't want his opinions on how she should be packing things. He picks up on that finally, so he storms over to the snowblower. He starts ripping on it, trying to pull it into the trailer, and he's just putting it in there the way that she wanted it. Right, because this is her signaling her independence, proving her independence. She won't listen to any of his advice, so he's just going to do whatever she says. I don't think that Christine needs to flex her independence here at all. I think her main goal was how do I spend as little amount of time with Cody in my driveway? That's the goal. I think it was that she probably also felt pressure. Like the longer he stays here, the more likely it is that we're going to get in a fight in front of truly. And then also it kind of felt like him trying to put his mark on her new life. Like he still wanted to exert some type of influence or control over how she was going to do things. And she is very, very, very done with that. Right. So this is where Cody is talking about how he's been struggling with the divorce. If you couldn't tell from the past couple weeks, it's been poisoning his other relationships a little bit. A little bit. He also just doesn't know who he is when he isn't bossing around one of his wives or bullying her. I'm sorry, bullying. We have to use the Brown family vernacular. Right. Into doing the things he wants done in the way he wants them done. Christine walks away with two lessons. One, she's going to continue to stand up for herself because that's what she feel like she that's what she feels like she did here. Two, she will never ask Cody for his help ever again. Yep, and that's the end of an era 
here. <laughs> That's it's a good way to kind of round it out on those lessons, and I hope she sticks to them because this should be all the reminder that you need. Do not ask Cody for help. You could have called anybody else at this point. Gabe, Garrison, somebody, Janelle, somebody from Janelle's side of the family there, her kiddos could have swung by at some point and helped, I'm sure. And we round out the episode with Cody watching them drive away and saying he's got all these villains. He's disappointed that Trilly's leaving. And he regrets not telling Christine that he didn't like her. But he just said that (laughs) he loved her in this episode. He regretted not telling her, or he wants to tell her that he loved her, but then that would be pathetic if he did. But then he also regrets that she called him a coward and then he didn't tell her that he never liked her. He's also hoping that when the anger fades, it's not heartbreak. But why would you be heartbroken for a person that you never loved in the first place? Right. He doesn't know what any of his emotions are. He doesn't know how to navigate any of this. And guess what, dude? What you are experiencing right now, that's fucking heartbreak. That's why you're confused. That's why you're angry. That's why you're torn all these different directions because you are heartbroken. I don't know what you're worried about it being heartbreak. It already is. This man needs therapy. A lot of it. Good Lord. Next episode. Now that Christine has left the family, big problems with Cody and Janelle's marriage bubble to the surface. Before they can address them, however, Cody and Robin both get COVID-19. Yes. Robin ends up in the hospital wondering if she's going to live. Oh, man. Yeah, because when Cody gets in Janelle's face, because we already knew this was coming up in the back half of the season here. And I wasn't looking forward to this one because this is going to upset me. But the cherry on top is that we get to see Robin and Cody get COVID. Finally, after following all the protocols. We knew that it happened. We've been waiting for it. And I cannot wait to see who they blame for it. I want to see how it goes down. I feel a little bad that I'm so excited for this, but I mean... We've earned it. Uh, After watching season 14, uh, I think we've earned it at this point. (laughs) And the main thing that I would push is I want to take bets on where it came from because I feel like it probably came from Robin's kids going back to school. That's my guess, too, because they'll have been in school like I'm estimating this is probably like a month out from when they started school. We'll see if we get any other clues on what time period it is. Oh, because we had an interesting timeline development this past week because we realized the kids going back to school was in August. Right. And that was right around the time when Isabel was moving to North Carolina, her big road trip that she did that Cody wasn't able to partake in. Yeah, those timelines converged. (laughs) Happened to be right in that timeline where we were mentioning where Robin's kids don't go to sleep. Ari doesn't go to sleep anytime at a normal hour. She doesn't wake up before noon. So you know if that road trip was scheduled anytime near when she was going to have to wake that kid up and send her to school, there was no way in hell she was going to do that alone. So she probably forced Cody to stay home as well, too, because she can't do it without you. After figuring that out, I was just thinking that was why Cody and Robin were harping so hard on Ari being the last kid to go to kindergarten. They felt like they had to validate why they were doing that over Isabel's trip. 
But as an audience, we never actually found out that those two things occurred within the same time period. We didn't piece that together until this week. So I think it's interesting to shed some more light on that decision potentially as well too. It could have been a factor. All right, next week is gonna be an amazing episode. It's an early Christmas present from TLC. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to chat with us about the episode on our Discord channel by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash survivingpod. Stay tuned, share with friends. See you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.